Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik Picardian. Jared Brandon down in Nashville. That's right. Hey, everybody, it's me, Tony Dudzik. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. Uh, we got a full house tonight. Yes. Uh, sitting uh, aside from uh, the three yokels that uh, just, you know, announced ourselves, uh, are sitting across the table. Rob Chafe. The illustrious Rob Chafe. <laughs> Matt Calification. Matt Calification. And John. John Esterly with Rare Buzz Effects. Yes. Also a real life train conductor. Woo woo. Yes. Which is. <laughs> That's right. really and he even uses a baton woop, while woop. he. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Engineers the train. In, I'm a baton. Oh, right. He's conductor. a conductor. He's a conductor. I get it. Oh, man. There's two different connotations. Yeah, like one of those. Tony is getting on the mic. Yes. I've got to get on the mic. This is what, is what we call in the biz a double entendre. There you go. Uh, okay. Hey, but more importantly, more importantly, we've got a fantastic guest tonight. Guest, who are you? Who are you? Hello, I'm uh, Jamie Muir. I'm uh, from Super Cool Pedals over here in Canada. Mm. All right. Well, we are going to find Yay, out all Jamie. about super cool pedals. And uh, two things to note. Number one, if you've heard of the Thneed lately, uh, this is the maker of said Thneed. Ah. And where can people go to find the things that you're doing right now if they're driving along singing a song? Uh, yeah, I got a couple places. I mean, uh, Reverb uh, for, you know, all international and, you know, all things music. And then I've got uh, supercoolpedals.ca or supercoolpedals.com. Com, uh, on my website there so I, i'll keep that up to date and you can both buy and follow along uh as well as instagram facebook and all those you know fun normal social things and tiktok because i like to pretend like i'm younger than i am so i put lots up there too interesting hmm. all right so you got the bases covered hmm. we are going to find out all the things that make your pedal brand interesting and um and your backstory and all that good stuff okay Right but on. first, but first, coffee. Um, hey, I want to announce. Uh, I got a call. Uh, so the 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 recently posted episode, which will go live tonight, which will already be live if you're listening to this, from Spicy Petals. He said, "I enjoyed your show so much. I want everybody to have fifteen percent off." Their order. Who? Spicy Petals. Spicy? Through December 14th. Wow. So go to Spicy wow. Petals, get your 15% That's off. It's a spicy. How does yes. that work? Uh, it is a, uh, a... coupon code? It's a coupon code. Uh-huh. And what would that coupon uh, code be? I'm pretty sure it's the nice. Guitar Knobs. <laughs> okay. You're just pretty sure? trying letters pretty sure. and words. And if it doesn't work, just just send him a little message. He'll give you it. He'll hook you up. Yep. Pretty sure it's the Guitar Knobs. Yep. Wow, that's really nice. I know, I should I have that. I was just you, really excited. You're so prepared. I know, I know. I usually am. Um, actually, you know what? It's in my email. Well, As suspected, I was prepared and right. <laughs> it is the Guitar Knobs, all one word, and it's running from the 19th, uh, uh, December 19th, which was yesterday, the day December before yesterday. December 19th was yesterday? Uh, November wow. 19th. Where'd I lose which a whole was month? the day before yesterday. <laughs> no two, kidding. 12 14. Just remember 12 14. It's yes. live. 12 14. Well, right. it's live now until yes. 12 14. Until 12 14. Yes. When will now be then? Yes. How soon is now? Yes. So um, I also <laughs> wanted to bring up we have a fantastic giveaway coming up. Uh, I have the. 
lovely Joel Patterson. Oh, uh, that, that is we lovely. mentioned before in red, vi- red, it, red vinyl, red transparent vinyl, red transparent. And this vinyl. is the second Christmas album he's done, so I'm going to be giving one of those away probably next week. Okay, you know um, what would be cool with that? What is if you're outside and you hold it up to the sun, mm-hmm. it would be like you're on Mars. Okay. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Okay. Here's something else that I want to add. I was very excited to hear this news from uh, Guitar.com. That's where I got it. Mm. One of my favorite bands, Uh, which is now defunct. The Smiths? No. Oasis. Those are all my other favorite bands. But we lost a really, really big drummer recently. We lost a really big drummer. Maybe arguably the biggest rock drummer. And, uh, Jamie, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about at this point. But Alex and Getty are saying we're probably going to go back out on tour. And I was like, what? Mm. So Rush is talking about hitting the hitting the tour, uh, the tour roads again, which is, I think, fantastic, fantastic news. Ah. Wow. Are they going to use a drum machine? I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to use past recordings of Neil. How are they going to replace Neil? Well, was, I don't think they're. I mean, they're going to have another drummer. Um, that's nuts. Yeah. So um, I'm not really sure. But Jamie, in the event that you accidentally hit mute, oh, there you go. You're back. Yeah. No, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Canadians not weighing in on Rush. So I'm like, what's what's going wrong? I feel like I don't fall into that stereotype correctly, but uh, at the same time, I don't think anyone can really replace Neil except for a drum machine. Just like put it, set it to 220 BPM, and just press the fill button repeatedly, and I think you pretty much got, you pretty much got Neil. Oh, anyway. That's um, oh, ah, yes. yeah. you can visit Throw Rocks at uh, <laughs> rocksforjamie.com. That's rocks the number four and jamie.com. Yeah. My rocks for Todd's gonna take a hit uh, on, on today. But anyways, um, I thought that was just really cool news. Um, I'm, I, I liked it. I liked the music. Want to hear some yep. more? You know? Okay. Well, that, Anyways, you what's your also, favorite Rush song? Ooh, that is a really, really good question. It's probably Why, Red Barchetta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was Why, thinking Weiss. Tom yeah. Sawyer or maybe the other one. No. Why? Why? <laughs> Spirit of Radio is great. I that, love Spirit of Radio. That's yeah. I like. Okay. I like Anyways, Fly by Night. And mm-hmm. some Fly some some very sad news. Legitimately, um, uh, another one of my absolute favorite bands. One of the um, I think an early impression one on me uh, was Psychedelic Furs. Mm. And I've seen them a couple times live. And their saxophone player, the supreme talent, Mars, uh, he passed away last night. Yes, he was also, cancer. he started off in The Waitresses. Yes, he did. In I, Akron. Yes, that's correct. And Wild. I, and they, I saw them way back, back way back. Went in the day at a at a local club in um, in Youngstown. Yeah, hmm. he was just was he absolutely incredible, especially live. Was, oh my god, great sax player. He, he even uh, back then, Tony. He, even back then, he was a great sax player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, that was kind of sad to hear. But I'm lucky we got. He they actually came here to just outside of Columbus. Uh, I think two years ago, and it was outstanding, outstanding show. So. Uh, best of luck to the Furs as they continue in Sorry 
that you're no longer here, Mars. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it for announcement stuff. Let's get on with our music world. What's going on in our music world this week? Uh, we got to hit uh, a whole bunch of people tonight. So, uh, Tanya. Yes. Why don't you kick us off, and then we're going to check in with Jamie. Well, we can do that, because I have two two little things this week that you know that that are kind of exciting to me. First off, I found a, a source for some. Um, we call it head cheese tortoise. Um, it's kind of that brownish with white stripy stuff through it that you see on a lot of early Super Four Hundreds, Gibson Super Four Hundreds, and Gibson L Fives. Okay. And this material, I, I had a batch of it. I thought I was never going to see another batch of it in my lifetime. And um, I found a source. There, somebody is making it for them. I don't care. It was reasonably priced. The pattern is a little bit smaller than the Gibson material. Mm-hmm. I think I showed this to you, didn't I, when you nope. came down the shop? Well, I nope. thought I did. Um, we just looked at a whole bunch of my gold sparkle. Ah, uh, gold sparkle. <laughs> but uh, so I was really excited. I, I'm happy to offer, you know, it's it's going to be a, probably a limited amount that I have, but at least I can make some Super 4 uh, guards for people if they need them. Or other kind of guards. Well, I've done some Les Paul guards out of the same material, and it looks pretty cool, but, you know, I mean, traditionally Super 400s or L5, early L5s would have them. Um, secondly, um, I was listening to Dave Edmonds last week, and I said, you know what? I want to get a copy of the original 45 of uh, Girls Talk. And because I was listening to that, I, I love the song. Dave Edmonds, great guitar player. Sadly, he's announced last year that he's not going to play guitar anymore. Okay. He's, he's, he's an older guy. Um, but so I was, I was just excited. I like the cover of the, the sleeve. And um, Girls Talk, Most many people will probably might recognize it. It's actually written by Elvis Costello. Um, he recorded it after but this is the actual first recording of the song yes and it's kind of a it has more of a kind of a, a little con- more popier yeah it's got it's it's a little faster it's more twangier mm. and that i mean that's dave edmonds yeah and then uh linda ronstadt also recorded a version of it which is actually very close to the dave edmonds version but yeah i just I, those were two things and this one i actually i, I got it it was it's a uk pressing and it came from uh from England, uh, and it just arrived uh, a day or two ago. So that was exciting. It's always fun to get those international packages in the mail. It is. It really is. It's very special. That's what's going Even on. Even Canadian in- ones. Those are fun, too. Yeah, because they have those funny, same funny stamps. Funny stamps. <laughs> uh, Jamie, what is going on in your music world that maybe doesn't cover all the ground that we're going to go over in your uh, interview? Um, in terms of like what, what I'm listening to or? Yeah, sure. What you're listening to, sure. things that you're playing, anything that you've saw recently, whatevs. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of revisiting, uh, I'm, I'm catching the second wave of, I'm a huge Queens of the Stone Age fan yes. and, uh, I'm, I'm catching the second wave of that record. Oh. I, I listen to it just like on repeat. Yep. Uh, the, the end is, the end is near. The end Times is New oh, Roman. Yeah. Yeah, in Times New Roman. Thank you. I'm thinking of the tour name. Uh, yeah, in Times New Roman, I listened to it just on heavy rotation, like when it first yeah. came out. And then, you know, as things do, you put the record down. And uh, I've just, 
as I've kind of settled into my new home over here in Peterborough, I, uh, I've just, that has found itself just on rotation again. Cause it's kind of a huge Queens of the Stone Age has always been a huge source of influence, like not just for my music, but for my guitar tone. Mm-hmm. So as I'm starting to tinker with some circuits and pedals and things again, I'm just uh, over analyzing every single Josh Ohm guitar lick that, I, yeah. that's over that record and just, Oh, yeah, I don't know if you guys are Queens of the Stone oh, Age fans. I'm, I'm a massive Stones, Queens oh, of the Stone Age fan. I mean, yeah, like, the, the 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 last the record before it, Villains, just like yeah, I broke my heart. If I'm going to be honest, uh, a little bit. So this is just like one of the biggest kind of return to form records I've heard in you know decades. It, and, it uh, is interesting because the when I, I was so excited when it came out, and as I started when I had my first listen to, now mind you, on coming home from work or going to work it's almost always being played yeah uh, and i'm so used to hearing you know the entire canon if you will of all their songs yeah. and then i heard this one and i was like uh what i don't i don't know what to do with this i honestly it's- was like i don't know what to do with it and then i put it down Went back to it, and now I can't stop listening to it. Yeah, no, it's kind of like, it's overwhelming. It's, I mean, it's a pandemic record, and you can just hear how much just everyone came together and how grateful they were and just excited they were. And they kind of, I mean, I love Josh Ohm, but he's got a, you know, he's got a bit of an ego to him. And it sounds like that got put aside for this record, and it just sounds like something they could have put together that, you know, 20 years ago almost so yeah it, it almost sounds like a completely different band to be honest there's just the, the yep. instrumentation and the musicality of it is just absolutely there's nothing out there like it which is no, the sad and, thing <laughs> and and well it's great but it's it's like change terrifies me i'm kind of i'm i don't know why but i'm always such a music snob like every single time one of my favorite bands comes out with a new record i never like it because i'm like oh well it doesn't sound like their original work. right like and i and i hear myself and i'm like i why can't i just enjoy the, the damn thing that they've that they've created you know yeah uh, but but this record like in that way is just something that sounds just perfect for what it is and you're right it's a whole it sounds like a whole new band but it's something that i would like out of the gate and yeah. not just something that i would like because i like all their past work right yeah and to their credit i think that they are one of the few bands that actually really do push us as guitar players into interpreting new new sounds and being okay with like oh yeah maybe i Maybe I can do a doubler. Maybe I yeah, can do yeah. this stuff. Uh, it, 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 it just absolutely opened my eyes big time. So, and, and matter, matter of fact, I mentioned on the last podcast, I think uh, I got the PDF too from, from Stone Deaf. I got a really good deal on that. And that was one of their sort of like, you know, quote unquote, go-to pedals uh, for, for tone shaping. Nice. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. Let's keep a moving over to Rob. Chaffee. Yep. What? What's going on in our in your music world this week, Rob uh, Chafe? And nothing about trying out clone you can't clones. Build amps. Okay. Well, then there goes my. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Have you settled on one yet? No. And and it's not like you know I've been trying them out and just like throwing them away. It's just I don't know. I, w- I want to hear all the slight differences between all the different options out there. But um, Todd gave me a couple to try. Nice. Yep. That was very nice of him. Yeah. 
And uh, the winner of the ones that And then he, you're, bringing, you're taking the Thneed back today. Yes, I can't wait to try that one, actually. So you had sent me a, a, a maybe a, a message or something about... Uh, who was it that was offering the Klon kit? Oh, that was JHS. genius. JHS. JHS. Such yeah, the Nauticlon. So genius by him. Yeah. So ge- he gets to sell a Klon knockoff or whatever, but he's not doing the stereotypical, like, ooh, look, I built a Klon thing, you know, and and having it completely DIY yeah. without any soldering. Yeah. He, I love, he's I love an the absolute video. genius. I mean, With the kids putting them together. in like five Hours. minutes. Hours. Yeah. Three, yeah. So, so, Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but that black goop has to cost a, cost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's where the tone is. That though. is genius. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it was in every pot. It gets people engaged with them in a different way. I mean, yeah. just everything about it. I was like, man, you, yeah. Whoever came up with that idea yeah. at JHS, if it was Josh or one of the minions, it, apparently it wasn't. Like that was the whole thing. Is like they made this thing in there, and he's like, wait, what did you? What did we just make? So very curious. Wow. Very curious. So are you gonna? Did you get one? No, no. It's funny. So it popped up in my feed. I'm like, oh, I might buy that. And then like three hours later, I got a notice that they were sold out. The next batch is middle of December. I'm like, huh, how about that? Amazing. Maybe the next batch. Actually, I think we're going to see a bunch of those hit the used market around January or February. You know, people get them. I think you're right. Yeah. So I'll probably just pick up one of those. Cool. Nice. Uh, Esterly, about yourself? Well, um, so a couple of things. Uh, just got tickets last night for the Alanis Morissette show next year hmm. at Riverbend. Um, yes. Li- little Is bit it of- ironic? Say that again. I'm sorry, Jared. Is it an ironic? Don't you think? It, it is. It's quite ironic. And we, so we've got a personal connection to that. We saw Alanis on her 25th anniversary Jagged Little Pill tour the day after my wife's 40th birthday. And it was ah. like a surprise gift. I played the whole day of her birthday like I was a jerk and completely forgot it. Ooh. And then the day after took her down to Riverbend to see Alanis. So it's like we, we've got a very big connection, not only to the, you know, to the venue, but to the artist. So it, we ended up getting, they had a, a pretty economical four ticket package that we picked up. So we're going to probably go with her, her sister and, and uh, brother-in-law. So looking forward she to that. still sounds good. She sounds incredible. Still sounds good. I mean, it looks good too, still. We, we saw her, what was it, two years ago. And I mean, just incredible. So... Um, mm. And then I've also been going through a bit of a purge. Um, mm. I, I had uh, kind of gotten to the point where I had more equipment than I was really using. And I'm a firm believer in, like, it does no good for it to sit on a shelf at my house if mm. somebody can be using it to make music. So I've been kind of thinning the herd out. So, you know, for folks that are looking for used gear, maybe keep an eye out for it because there's Where some would stuff. Be people be keeping an eye out for on? So I've got a personal reverb, which is where most of this stuff is going for sale. I don't, you know, not much of it is like Rare Buzz owned equipment. Yeah. So um, you might need to look for John Esterly. Yeah. On yeah. reverb. On reverb. Um, it's so hard. If you, if you try to put it in a shop, it's the worst. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. That's, That's quite rare. rare. Yeah. Oh, it's some rare gear. No, it's not, you morons. You just didn't do your flipping search right. That's right. <laughs> Stupid it's, search. It's, it's rare, just like the other seven of them that are listed, you yeah. know, for less than yours is. Um, no, but I've been, I've been kind of cutting some of that loose and nice. probably the, you know, probably the, the, biggest thing that I've kind of come to grips with with parting ways with is I've got a 65 Duosonic that 
has been sitting in its case in my closet for probably two years you now. Need, you need to talk to Mike Trombley. Well, I'm, I may do that. Um, I mean, that's his that's his jam. It's hundred dollars cash money right now. Well, for for those that don't know the story, um, <laughs> he would. Damn you! When, when I bought it, I pulled it apart and got all the date codes off it, and you know, it's a it's a early '65 body, late '64 neck, and the pickups are January seventh and January eighth of '65. Well, the seventh was the last day Leo Fender owned it, and the eighth was the first day CPS uh, right. owned it. So oh, that's kind of neat, it, yeah. like, it very well, like I have no way to prove this, but it very well could be one of the first. CBS built Johnny Morales. You need to talk to Johnny Morales. He moves those things like butter. Is is uh, do you have the twenty four inch or the twenty two and a half? It's the twenty four inch, but it's the A neck, so it's like the narrower narrow, nut, narrow, um, narrow long. Well, I wouldn't even so for long, people with short longer. fingers like I have, it's it's actually comfortable to play, but you do get kind of jammed up the further up the neck you get, just because mm. it's such a narrow neck. So gotcha. Yep. So look for that one. That's again the Tom one that Petty that's... wrote a song about that. Yeah. Yeah. Jamming me. No. No. Yeah. Okay. Hey Todd, what about you? Well, I what don't know. I need Jared? to see about Jared. Uh, yeah. Jared, what's going to... on down there? What about Jared? Forgot about him. Who? Jared. Jared. Uh, down here in Nashville. Yeah. Um. So we have a demo program and. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's basically Gibson does uh, seconds, uh, and they call it demo B-stock. now. Like a, yeah, it's like B stock, but so demo could be re- uh, repairs, like uh, returns from other customers, um, B stock that uh, doesn't get granted the brand new condition anyway. So, and Gibson sells those on reverb. And us employees, we get a chance to buy those as well. So I had my eye on a custom shop, 1954 uh, custom Les Paul. Uh, it's black. It has yeah, black the beauty. staple. Yeah, it has a staple P90 in the neck, um, and it's got a regular old P90 in the bridge. Why did they do that? The staple pickup has. Heavy magnific or heavy magnetism, so and they're adjustable. Um, they're really sensitive, and it is in the neck position. I, right. I think that was more of a deluxe pickup they made for uh, jazz, and I I could be wrong, but it, it's a very difficult and a complex pickup to put together. Yeah, you don't see a lot of those out there. It's like like the old Dynasonics or the, the yeah. it have you have the adjustable screw adjustable height mechanism in there, yeah. right? And there's six screws in there to, you know, help like you figure that out. Like only the uh the senior team leads at the pickup shop know how to put those together. Um but uh hmm. and we did train a few more people, but they're they're pretty difficult to put together. But anyway, yeah, that um, that guitar had to be refretted, and um, it, it was a used guitar. It was a customer's guitar. Um, I I think I don't know what the problem was. Obviously, the frets, why they refretted it, but I can bend the strings anywhere and just bend all day long, and there's no buzzing anywhere. They did a really good job um, getting that guitar back and running. And uh, I picked it up for a song as an for an employee discount. So I'm really happy about that one. 
All right. Hey. As for me, um, I had a super fun show with my pal. What about you, Todd? With my, I had a super fun show with my pal Hex Matos. Hex Matos. In Cleveland area with his new band called uh, Devil's Angels. And they were really Ooh. good. First, first show they ever played, I was like, this is good stuff. Super fun place to play if you are ever playing in that area. I highly recommend uh, the Inferno Lounge. Yes. Um, so that was really fun. And I spent uh, a, almost a, a third of my show being absolutely heckled to death by this super <laughs> drunk woman. That was me, awesome. Todd. It was I me. mean, she was just... <laughs> Have you considered was, a different lead singer? Uh, no, Ooh. yeah. Uh, this 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 woman was like falling all over my pedal board and just calling me horrible things and everything. And I was like, Cause you what am I doing? Because you wouldn't play Bruno Mars. What or? is going on? I don't know what's going on. She was really hammered. You want we should yep. track her down and take care of the <laughs> they, problem? They, they finally got her out of there. All right, so I'm uh, about halfway through the show called Squaring the Circle on Netflix. Uh, and that is all about... The some of the Geometry. most famous all album art in rock and roll history, mm. and and by the two guys that basically created like they did Houses of the Holy uh, for uh, for for Led Zeppelin, they did um, they Pink, did the Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd one, they did they did a bunch of Pink Floyd ones, they did a bunch of McCartney ones and all kinds of others. Really, really interesting. Um, from an art perspective, from a music perspective, this is hitting all the all the boxes that I definitely like. So um, what? I highly recommend going see that's on Netflix. Okay, now I was going to ask what platform you were watching that. Cool. On, so. Yeah, I would like to recommend Tour Gear Design patch cables. Hey, uh, Jamie, are you aware of Tour Gear Design patch cables? No, why don't you tell me? You should be. They're right next door to you. Yes. You You know how small Canada is. Yes. They're literally across the street. There's 12 of us. You probably (laughs) shop at the same supermarket. Well, they don't have supermarkets there. Oh, what what is it? They just have markets. Oh, the markets. Yeah, just regular markets. (laughs) Yes. Mega markets. I don't know what the uh, metric is for super, but. Well, you know, speaking of tour gear design patch cables. Yes. They come in many, many different lengths. Yes. They're very, very flat. Very flat. They have little teeny tiny little plug-in thingies that allow you to make connections between all sorts of pedals. All the connections. There's an S shape. S, S shape. And C. And a C shape. Yep. Um, and they're very affordable. They are affordable. Even made even more affordable because the normal coupon code... That we've had for a couple of years, yes. Uh, tour uh, for tour gear, which is the guitar knobs, would get you ten percent off. Yeah. Now it gets you fifteen. That's an extra five percent. It is an extra five. percent Actually, it's an extra fifty percent. You didn't even need a calculator for that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're, you're actually right both ways. Yes, that yes. is really weird. I can't. You're you're going to boggle my brain with the math. Head over to tourgeardesigns.com. Load up your cart. Put in the guitar knobs for your coupon code and saved fifteen percent on like the best patch cables over there. So yep, there do you go. it. Just do it. All right, Tony. Let's have Jared introduce it. Oh, is he back? Yeah. He's back. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so I saw a Time Warner guy screwing around with the uh, pole and all that kind of thing, and we have 
a different kind of internet. I think they're sabotaging our internet around here. Gotcha. What gotcha. What secrets do you have that they don't want out? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're sabotaging our internet, so we go with Spectrum because nobody wants to buy from those crooks anymore. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. We, uh, so here we go. Uh, J- Jared? So let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. <laughs> all right. Jamie Muir of Super Yo. Cool Pedals. Let's get your four on the floor. Yeah. So my um, first one, and I'm going to get made fun of for this one, but I don't care, is the Boss ME50 multi-effects uh, pedal unit. It was the first pedal that I ever got, and frankly, I think it's the only respectable uh, like budget multi-effects pedal that's out there. Um, but I, for honestly a decade, it was like almost the only pedal that I, that I had in my, uh, in my whole lineup. Um, Mm. it's, it's super rad. I mean, the drive section totally sucks, but the way that it's segmented and it's three pedals, you got the drive, you've got your modulation and you've got delays and it's, uh, it's driven by bosses Cosm. So like their digital platform, um, you know, analog digital modeling and it's, got some really weird like sleeper sounds there's something i've always loved about it that i haven't found in a lot of other pedals and it's modulation is that you can crank the feedback knob well past where it should go meaning you can get you know on a phaser you can just get it like a hundred percent wet phaser which doesn't make any sense and you can't really find that on a lot of pedals so back in my day of you know making noisy rock and roll i would always just commit to noise and just uh start pulling knobs all over the place and you can just get some really crazy sounds out of it so uh i'm staring at this thing that i've, that I've had for about uh, shoot 20 years something like that and uh believe it or not still to this day even though my palette is more refined obviously as a pedal builder i still whip out the boss the boss me 50 to get certain guitar tones when uh when i just like can't find it in any other in any other pedals believe it or not so well, that's uh, a that's a one that you definitely see out there in the used market quite oh, a bit. Oh yeah, you can a find a lot those. of those out there. Yeah, probably for like twenty bucks. Uh, I've almost had to replace the one that I have because it's fallen out of the back of tour vans before. But like, <laughs> in true boss form, it like mostly works properly. And finally, when I it was one of the first things when I started like repairing guitar pedals and everything, I I opened up my Boss ME50 that was broken for like three years and like fixed the whole thing up. And it was like it was like having a new pedal. It was it was like uh, yeah, it was kind of like the light shone down on me with this this dumb digital multi effects pedal that I'll always have a soft spot for. Awesome. The Timex of guitar pedals. Yeah. yeah it keeps on ticking, man. <laughs> How about number two? Number two would be uh, early 2000s Big Muff. So the NYC builds. Um, this was actually the first or second pedal that I ever owned. And, uh, you know, as a 17-year-old, 16-year-old musician or guitarist, um, thinking you know, knowing basically nothing about guitars. I went into my local shop and just wanted a big red button that I could just push and make noise out of, you know? Uh, Guitar pedals were obviously a pretty new thing to me, and I just wanted something that would just alter the sound as much as possible. And um, electroharmonics was just absolutely, you know, dominating in the early 2000s there. And uh, I picked up this big muff, and um, I think it's transistor-based. And it's... It just gave me the sound that I wanted at the time, and I think they were selling them for like 
you know, less than a hundred bucks Canadian. Yeah. So they're like, 80, like, 50, 80 like bucks. 50 bucks American or something ridiculous like that. Um, and it was just that big red button and I didn't bother doing anything else with my tone. I mean, like I've come, I have a love hate relationship when it comes to big muffs and like scooped fuzz pedals and that, that, you know, tone suck sound. Um, but there's just something about that classic, you know, big, big muff sound that you get. Um, I was also just a huge white stripes and Jack white nerd. So you can always, I love the simplistic sound that you get out of it. It's, it's super versatile and you can just push the button, get the sound. That's yeah. it. So I'll always have some derivative of the big muff on my pedal board just for that reason alone. Cause you know, the sound, you know, when you want, you can just summon it and it's just there, no matter what you've got else of the chain, you've got that big muff sound. Well said, well said. How about number three? Number three, uh, I would say the, the, the Dan Armstrong orange squeezer oh. or any derivative of it. Interesting. Um, compressors are something that like I didn't have on my board for a long time. Like I, you know, like I alluded to, I wasn't really a complicated guitarist in my you know earlier days as being a musician um i just wanted you know i wanted to stomp a pedal and get the sound that was it and i didn't think too hard about it um but when i got to recording music and producing music the, i learned the finer details of compression and what that can do so when i finally caved and started putting um compressors on my board i just fell in love with that saturation and you know i talked about queens of the stone age earlier mm -hmm. and every the guitar tone that i'm always seeking to get is just is frankly not a dynamic one it's just super saturated um you know mid heavy beautiful sustain and uh i i, I don't like compressors that have a lot of knobs um because i have to protect myself from myself and I need to stop myself from tweaking knobs all the time. If they're there on my board, I will just sit there and mess around before rehearsal or before recording for hours trying to find the right sound. And there's something about that that or original orange squeezer circuit that just works. That dual JFET paired sound that just gives the perfect over easy, just saturated, juicy sound. Yep. And you don't have to do anything to it, frankly. Like that dire straits beautiful attack plucky sound um it's the you know the first or second uh pedal in my on my board always just to get that super saturation um i don't have an original damn Ar dan armstrong one but i've owned like you know tons of derivatives of that circuits like uh i think the jhs pulp and peel is just one of the best like freaked out modded versions of that circuit that's out there um and it just I, I basically just crank everything on that pedal and just get that saturated sound that I'm that I'm always looking for. Now, is that something that is in your quest, uh, in your your unobtainium quest, an original Dan Armstrong one? Yeah, it's on my reverb search list. Like I've found a couple, and like I don't want to sound like too much of a hypocrite, but I try not to like covet pedals too much um, because at the end of the day, like there there is. There is mojo to guitar circuits, but there's also a lot of bull when it comes down yeah. to it. So it's, it's, I wrestle with it a lot because if I allowed myself to buy every single pedal that I, you know, coveted in that way, I'd just end up with, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have space for them and I wouldn't have money to, you know, build, build pedals at the end of the day. But yeah, but that is, house. but yeah. that is, 
Yeah, exactly. So that is one of them, though. That is actually one of them that, like, I will allow myself to buy an original, like, mint condition one uh, when I find the right one, you know? That's cool. I can dig that. Yeah. How about the next one? So the rat. Uh, I can't. I, I feel like I'm super plain with these, with these <coughs> choices, but I'm a big uh, grunge guy. Uh, I, I love, you know, Sonic Youth would be my, it, it, my range of bands would be like Sonic Youth. Queens of the Stone Age, um, and, uh, you know, Nirvana, anything from the 90s. And I just, when I, I, for whatever reason, never owned a rat. And th three or four years ago, I guess pre-pandemic, I bought a rat just out of boredom and plugged it into my system and just, like, had this cathartic sigh of relief because I was like, this is, this is the sound that I've been trying to get for for years you know mm -hmm. uh and i realized that it's like just the rat circuit is just so like perfect and the way that it just kind of pushes out treble when you allow it and the way that it just overdrives and maintains its dynamics and saturates at the same time just gives this sound that um it i don't know it's not to wax prophetic but it just feels like home to me um it feels like a sound that i've listened to in my headphones for decades now. Um, so I've, I struggle to get rid of a rat and it sucks because my pedal board usually just looks like, you know, like most guitarists, just like seven drive pedals that you can't decide between. Um, but the rat is one that I'll never remove just cause it, uh, it's just perfect. And, uh, yeah, I mean the, the particular one that I have isn't special again, like I'm not allowing myself to go down the rabbit hole of the rat because there's so many versions and so many different ones to covet. Um, I've just got like a pretty recent one from like 2020. It's nothing special. And I, I do like believe that if the circuit's right, then the sound is right. So, um, the one that I've got isn't particularly special, but I do think that just the rat is just like, oh, oh, just the epitome of drive. Maybe the <laughs> DS one was the fifth one that I couldn't choose between, but I think the rat is just classic sound. That is a, that is a formidable four on the floor. I uh, appreciate you sharing that. And I, I also like a good, uh, so I like somebody who likes the drive stuff. And um, all very affordable. And all very yeah. affordable indeed. Yes. Hey, that's the name of the game, man. Yeah. All right. Jamie, it is time to find out more about super cool pedals and um, probably spend a, a, a decent amount of time on the the Thneed, T-H-N-E-E-D, the pedal that jumped out of nowhere and, and grabbed everybody's attention. But I also want to make sure that, you know, we, we don't overdo that. I know you've talked a lot about it. Um, so let's let's get in with, uh, uh, I guess, through your background. Like, are you, how did you jump into pedals? Yeah, so... Um it's kind of been an, an interesting progression uh, to get into pedals because I was a musician for a number of years. And as some of you guys might know, music doesn't exactly pay the bills very well. So I was a broke musician at that. So I found myself uh, fixing and repairing gear very frequently um, and learning to solder and how to repair electronics just kind of came from that. So at a certain point, I got into a lot of tape gear, so analog you know, Tascams and, uh, you know, old 70s tape machines and learning how to just kind of solder and do basic repairs on that stuff. Um, and I ended up coming across this really interesting circuit from, uh, I can't remember what it was. it was. I think it was called the Stompbox Cookbook. 
and it was a a circuit that basically used a three head tape uh, tape uh, cassette tape machine to turn it into a you know an echoplex or a space echo. So it was mm-hmm. analog tape delay, and it was just basically a, a really basic feedback circuit that you would uh, that you could make. So knowing absolutely nothing about this, I made that circuit. I went out to some weird hobby electronics shop in in Toronto over here and uh, breadboarded this circuit and bought all the components and put it together. And after weeks and weeks and weeks of of learning and figuring it out, managed to get this thing working. And it just kind of put this spark in me. Um, I was not, I mean, I, I loved the effect and it was super awesome, but part of me was just like, okay, cool. What's, what's next? What else can I do? Um, and then that kind of started me getting into, you know, looking into forums and finding others, you know, relatively circuit, uh, simple circuits to build. Uh, and it kind of started things from there. Um, but kind of important to note, I feel like a, like a bit of an imposter in some regards, because I've never, as I kind of, you know, alluded to with my super dirt cheap accessible pedals on my four on the floor, I've never been that big of a pedal guy. Uh, I've certainly been like a guitar nerd. Um, but when it comes to pedals, I really always take I take a really utilitarian approach to pedals. Um, so I, I, I've, I've long since known that it's in me to just sit and mess with knobs for too long. So I've try, always tried to limit the gear that I have and limit the pedals that I have to um, basically just enable me to get the sounds that I want and nothing else because I'm just going to go down a rabbit hole otherwise. So when it came down to when I kind of acquired this wizard knowledge of like oh my god i can i can build whatever i want i just started looking at my pedal board and going what 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 kind of pedals do i want what kind of sounds do i want and and that you know started leading me into yeah just developing pedals and um this was a pre-pandemic and um not to divert (laughs) too much but i had this one particular circuit that just that almost destroyed my soul it was uh it, it was i think it was it, the mxr blue box um which is a really really cool octave down fuzz pedal that frankly i think is super overlooked and i think it's it's really awesome um i was building a couple of those and i was selling a couple to friends and in a couple local guitar shops here in, in toronto and i had like a 30 percent success rate and i just couldn't figure out what was going on and i i just wasted like countless nights and hours trying to figure out what was going wrong with the circuit. And I basically just gave up and put it down for like two years almost. And, um, you know, moved on with my life and didn't really do too much when it came to pedals. And two years later, I don't know why, but I just was bored one night and went back to that circuit and just decided like, I'm not going to let this defeat me. And, you know, Knowing what I then knew about, you know, a little bit more about repairs and tape machines and this and that, I got to it and I fixed the circuit and I figured out what was wrong with it. And it was just like this eureka moment. And I went, okay, cool. I've got like, it's back on. I've got the spark again. And then from there, within a within like two months, I, I developed a couple of other circuits, you know, based off of some popular mods and some other circuits that uh, that were out there. And it, it just kind of fell together uh after that and uh it's only been about two years now since i kind of officially started doing super cool pedals as like a real thing um but i feel like i've been shot through the barrel of the gun 
and uh yeah it's 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 been a pretty pretty great ride it's uh it's allowed me to meet some really cool people and uh build some really awesome pedals and uh yeah it's it's always a learning process but yeah uh that's about where i am now nice now when you are well, i guess when you started out building these pedals was there something that you felt that you were more or less adapted at uh adept at where you like oh man like putting i love putting them together i'm i'm soldering really great um i maybe i don't understand uh how everything goes together or did all of that just like really come together for you yeah no it absolutely did not come together uh, it's uh, I, i'm no electric uh, electrical engineer um i was always bad at math in in high school i tried i come from a, a, a family line of uh like engineers and i did not inherit that brain <laughs> so when it, when it comes to like circuit design um it's i really have to learn by process you know so i i consider myself more of a more of a modder than anything okay. um i really like looking at a circuit and and tweaking it and figuring it out and you know just breaking it in order to understand it um but beyond that i've always been a designer so i was uh you know i've always been an art nerd and uh i i think building the pedals figuring out how to put them together how to design them in just that way that uh you know that has that aesthetic pop to it as well i always found pedals are kind of boring to look at um so it's been a really a really cool opportunity to marry art and pedals in that way so um, yeah, the circuit design is still something that I'm, that I'm evolving, obviously, I, I, and, and learning as I, as I go, but definitely the design and the, and the art is something that I think, uh, people have caught on to and really enjoyed. And, it, and it's something that kind of, that, yeah, that I, that I really enjoy too. And I think that's probably w where I can, you know, offer the pedal world a little bit more so because at the end of the day, um, you know, the circuits, circuits are circuits and, uh, there's something different about putting a nice piece of art on your pedal board. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, when you open up that, you know, the box of that pedal, that, that's an experience in itself. So I'm, I'm, you know, trying to build something that people can be proud to put on their board. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, what you just talked about was some, you know, like it would be the description of some relatively simple pedals and circuits, which uh, I know you have a couple of, of uh, more simpler ones, but the one that you seem to, that really seemed to catch fire was this uh, need uh, the T H N E E D? Uh, there's a lot going on in the pedal. There's a lot yeah. going on in the marketing of it. I think uh, let's let's spend some time with this, Rob. You just had it opened up, mm -hmm. and what uh, you know your impression when you open that up, based on what he just said, I was like, I'm kind of a modder. Um, Does not look like that. No, that is. There's a lot going on in that <laughs> pedal. Yeah, it's a nice layout. Looks like it's really well done. Yeah, and uh, about a million components on the inside. Tell us about the the engineering, and then we'll get into the the surface level stuff and the marketing on all that business. Yeah, sure. So uh, from an engineering standpoint, like uh, again, circuits are uh, guitar pedals are pretty rudimentary circuits, um, unless you're Bill Finnegan and you uh, invented, you know, made the Klon with a bunch of MIT tech people. Um, I've never particularly loved the Klon circuit. Um, I've, mind you, I've never played one of the, you know, old unobtainium ones, uh, but every sort of Klon derivative I've ever played 
it sounds very similar and sounds very thin. And when I was, I, I had a friend reach out to me and go, Hey, would you ever build a clone for me? And my immediate response was just F no. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to build a clone. Like, I don't feel like I have anything to offer in that, in that space. Cause it's been done so well in so many different angles. Um, but then it kind of planted a seed in me, a, a, a trefula seed, if you, if, if you will. And I started looking at the circuit and, and thinking what I didn't like about it. Like, why didn't I like this sound? Why didn't I like the circuit? Why was it so over-engineered? And it came down to a couple of things. Like it came down to the 18 volt charge pump and charge pumps are, uh, not to condescend anyone here, but just so everyone knows, uh, you no, know, this is a learning, pumps. this is a learning place, man. Not everybody yeah, okay. knows what a charge pump is. Yeah. So basically the guitar pedal is taken nine volts and a charge pump will increase that voltage with, you know, either a max 1044 chip or some other kind of, what would you call a charge pump IC chip? And it will increase that voltage to 18 volts. And there's a lot of weird mythology out there. Like people think you can just plug in 18 volts to a pedal and it sounds better. Don't do that. You're going to blow up a pedal. Uh, but one of the unique things about the Klon is that it it takes nine volts, it turns it into 18 volts, and you get what's called increased headroom, which to me is just kind of nonsensical. It gives you more gain and it gives you more boost. And it's something that like I've never believed in. It's kind of, it's just not quantifiable to me. And I, and I haven't... When I look at the circuit, I go, why is it doing 18 volts? Why is it doing a charge bump? And then it sums it back in the end. Uh, and, and it just doesn't... To me, I didn't like what it was doing in the circuit. So I figured out a way to engineer it around that charge bump and just run on a straight 9 volts. Because one of the other things is anytime I'm ever having problem on a pedal board, if I'm getting weird feedback or weird noise or like a ground loop or something like that, it always traces back to some kind of pedal that has a charge pump on it, like a clon or like a fuzz face, face that has like a voltage inverter or something like that. So to me, they're just pains in the butts. Like I don't like them. So okay, I I tried to design the clon, uh, like my version of the clon, the Thneed, without the charge pump to begin with. Um, but then it didn't really seem like enough. Um, because I, I believe that's been done before. So I just took, I just started messing around with the circuit and finding little areas that kind of increased the, to me, a clon is thin. It's It's got a very specific like Nashville rock Telecaster sound to it. And that's just not my personal style. So I started tinkering around and trying to figure out ways to get higher gain out of it and like get more low end and get more bass and just kind of put the, the, the balls back into it and I ended up with the Thneed and I had so many different options and sounds that I couldn't really finalize and decide on in the end that I ended up putting you know a plethora of dip switches on the inside uh, so that the user can then you know kind of select that and fi and choose between you know what I decided was the best out of the Thneed and then you know something that's that might be more suited to, to, to their needs yeah now the things that you just described are not baked in those are options on this pedal right yeah that's yeah, yeah so at at the core you have um you know essentially your version of a clone but with some some bells and whistles that you can help to better customize your sound uh depending on either what amp you're using what guitar you're using which i, I think is a a pretty cool idea because Everybody's got different gear. Uh, 
And the Klon does the one thing, right? So if you can say, in the spirit of that one thing, here's something that will make that one thing maybe work better for you on your particular rig. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think I think what made the Klon such a popular pedal to begin with is uh, like how dynamic it is. And I, I can't remember who said this. It might have been... I think it's Josh. I heard it from Josh uh, Scott over at JHS talk about it one time that uh, the tone, like guitar tone, is in the fingers. And I absolutely believe that because there's so many. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter how many pedals you put on your board and how you try to alter the sound. It's your dynamics coming from the pickups at the end of the day. And that's one of the things that I guess I, I'm a. I guess I'm a cruddy guitarist because whenever every time I plugged in a Klon, I was like, this Klon doesn't sound very good. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, it's probably because I just wasn't playing the Klon pedal very well. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why, yeah, I, I I think that the Klon is, is a really great circuit, but the term professional overdrive uh, that, that Bill kind of coined for that uh, really makes a lot of sense to me because it's like yeah you're not just going to plug this pedal in and like it you you really want to dial in your sound and dial be in very your playing finicky. to that clon yeah uh, so i wanted to provide a lot of a lot more <laughs> options that allows for that exactly a lot more finicky i i caught that <laughs> yeah. one that was good, that was good. Yeah. um but yeah, so that's why I've got those different options. So there's high gain settings. Uh, my personal choice is like, I like setting it at more high gain settings and getting that real like clunky drive sound out of it with more saturation. But uh -huh. most people that like the Klon don't like that. So that's why I've got, you know, dips on the inside to adjust your, your clipping level and adjust the gain feedback loop and adjust uh, four different sets of clipping diodes too. Because I, you know, everyone rants and raves about Germanian diodes and, uh, they can sound good, but like silicon ones sound great. LED diodes sound great. Bat 46s sound great. And uh, I just, I put them all in there. So I want, I, I want people to open up the pedal and play around with it and find that sound the same way that they would, you know, adjust their finger playing and finger style on their guitar yeah. um, to be able to find that tone. Cause it's just as important at the end of the day. Yeah. I like, I like that approach. Um, you know, Rob, I think you you found a, a couple of things that were very interesting in there. Um, uh. Um, yeah. Well, the first thing I noticed was the option for Drew Bypass, which most... Or buffered. Yeah, most clones, uh, clone clones are just buffered, so no true Bypass at all. So it's nice having that on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like the KTR, right? Like, uh, you... It's it's the same thing. So I, I said earlier, like a charge pump is the first thing that I investigate on a pedal when there's something wrong in a pedal board. And usually buffers are the second one. So uh, I'm not necessarily a true believer in buffers, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is, again, a little bit hypocritical. It entirely depends on your board. But um, yeah, I, 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 that's a nice thing. So buffered or true bypass, I think, are nice settings to have um, just to help to help a guitarist from himself sometimes to get to get a little bit of that tone suck back that they're losing. Where do you where do you uh, sit on the uh, on the the buffered versus true bypass? Yeah, Rob depends on what you're using it for. That's yeah. I mean, I when I was uh, I don't want to say growing up, but when I really started playing professionally in my twenties, it was right during the period where everything had to be true bypass. Mm -hmm. So and you know it, and it was just that people were. Assuming the the buffer in a you know fifty dollar MXR pedal was going to be great or something, of course you know it'd be better 
true bypass, but you know, so yeah, so bypass or, or, or buffered pedals got a bad name back then, but yeah, it just depends. I mean, I've heard, you know, some buffers that people sell uh, that are supposed to, yeah, you know, fix impedance issues, everything I plug into them and they have a horrible EQ curve. And it's like, well, that's great. You know, so much for, you know, using that as a buffer on a pedal board. So it, it just depends. Yeah. You know, just okay. like everything else, you know, yeah. no good, no bad, just different. Just different. Just, just more to sculpt. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Now, uh, this is all, it's, almost everything is surface mount on this too, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. There's a, there are a lot of little bitty things in there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I'm still pretty daunted by a uh, surface mount. Uh, I was doing through hole for, um, almost all my pedal designs have always started as through hole and have slowly evolved into surface mount just from a, you know, scaling up uh, perspective. But the Thneed was actually the first pedal that I did that, uh, started out as surface mount. I never did through hole, uh, versions of that. Um, because I, again, I don't like the size of a, cl- of a clone. It's like, I, like I, I said earlier, like I love my big muff, but it's dumb and big for no freaking reason. Um, and the same thing with, with most clones that I've seen out there. Um, so I wanted to really, I wanted to put the size down into a 1590B yeah. enclosure. Um, so surface mount was kind of the, the only way to go with that. And uh, I, oh, I love and hate surface mount because frankly, I think the noise floor is a lot quieter. I think you can get like the tolerance as from a builder perspective. I don't have to second guess the tolerance of a surface mount piece. It's going to sound the way it is. Like I very rarely ever have to troubleshoot a surface mount piece versus some through hole stuff. Um, But it enables you to build a lot smaller and a lot tighter, um, which when you're engineering a circuit gets, uh, it's like falling down a labyrinth. So, I got to, I, I have to admit when I first like plugged in the first prototype of the need and surface mount and got it working, I was just like, I was pretty impressed because <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty congested, but overall I, I do think compared to like a lot of other clones out there, um, it ends up being quieter, um, because of how compacted the traces are a lot shorter. Um, and the, the, the tolerance is a lot better on those surface mount pieces too. So were you prototyping surface mount? Like, literally soldering them putting them together yourself yeah. to prototype uh yeah um oh. one of the yeah one of the only regrets that i like have in this whole, whole like pedal thing is that i like don't have any mentors like other than watching youtube videos of like you know josh scott and jhs and like other builders so Dem- i've Demi-Dash really just like right next door to you Ah, uh, dude, I, I know, like, and, like, I have to connect, I've, I've connected virtually with a lot of these builders, but, like, I want to go and be like, hey, can I, like, come and see your shop, and, like, how <laughs> do you do this? Because I've invented the wrong way to do things, I'm quite sure. So, like, yeah, I was prototyping surface mount uh, PCBs, and, you know, part, part of it's nice, because when you would assemble, when you assemble a through-hole pedal and you're trying to troubleshoot it, you kind of have to disassemble the whole pedal to take out a through mm-hmm. uh, a through hole piece but with surface mount you just have to have delicate hands and just like yeah cool i'll just unsolder this piece and put it back on but it's super easy to just start burning pads and burning off pieces yeah, boy. so yeah it's I, i've gotten to the point like recently where i'm it's only been recently that i've i've been getting pre uh, prefabricated pcbs made for me mm-hmm. um so i've been slowly shifting over to that as much as i really loved the zen of doing like through hole and manual uh population on boards 
I just in order to meet you know, some of the demand that's out there, I have to, I've gone to prefab. And frankly, I've been really impressed. I think that this, the sound yeah. quality is just as good. Uh, it takes a whole lot less time for me to assemble a pedal yeah. pad too. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, once you do like, you know, pedal number 29, it's the ro the romance is gone. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, done no, this. It, I know I can do this. Let somebody else do it. <laughs> about six months ago, this started feeling like a job. And yeah. I went, oh. yeah. I was like, okay, this is fun. But like, yeah, I, I'm not... I'm moving away from from through hole and, and manual population. It's just there's no way. And you're still you're uh, you're fulfilling everything yourself, right? Yeah, it's just me. Um, it's just me. I mean, my output's not huge. Um, still, but well, I, it, I try it was after this thing hit the JHS thing. Yeah, the um, it, it, it's been good, but and I enjoy doing every part of it. Right, so I mean, I've. I uh, I moved into part of the reason I moved into this new space here. Um, I, I moved from Toronto to Peterborough, Ontario. Um, I bought a house here, which is super awesome. But there's a, a a separate building in the back that was built during the war effort that was used as a machine shop. And when I was looking at houses and I and I saw this building, I went, "That's mm -hmm. super cool headquarters right there." So I'm in the process right now of it's it's probably going to be next summer, but I would love to you know hire some builders and start building a space and and outputting a little bit more um, because yeah it sucks like uh, my if you go if you go to my website like you'll see pre-orders up and down all the time like I'm constantly just shifting between having units in stock I'll build twelve needs I'll build you know, 1277 fuzz blenders. And then in a matter of two days, I'll be sold out and just go crap, like, mm -hmm. and have to just go back on pre-orders, which is really humbling and cool. But at the same time, like, I don't like making people wait uh, for their, for their pedals too. So hopefully I can scale up and, and, and start meeting demand and uh, prefabrication of the boards was like one of the biggest and best things I could have done in that regard. Mm. Yeah. Well, a big thing about this pedal, aside from from the fact that it actually sounds great, I mean, when I plugged it straight into Marshall and I hit it, I'm like, "That's gonna stay on my board because that sounds awesome." Like, right? I I didn't futz with it too much at all. I I was really impressed with it. Um, but I, you know, I'm uh, do the the creative bits too in my daily job as a creative director. So. I was extremely, in fact, I actually brought the pedal in to my team, as I, I often do. They they are learning quite a bit about uh, pedals and stuff, <laughs> because I'm like, hey, look at this. There's a story behind it. There's a great aesthetic behind it. There's design thinking. And um, so I brought this in, and uh, they, they really liked it. Uh, this has quite a lot to it, and there's a great story behind it. Uh, would you care to share that? Yeah, yeah. Um... So I call, I, I, I landed on sort of a narrative with, with super cool pedals uh, a few years ago. Um, and, I, and it kind of landed because of, I don't know, I want to say overcompensation. Um, because as I felt like my earliest pedals that I was building, I was like, well, these, they're, just, they're basically mods of, of popular, you know, circuits that are out there. And I wanted to make something a little bit more original. And, I, and coming from an art and a design background, I figured it was a good opportunity to differentiate from some of the other pedals in the market. So um, I call them my Vice series pedals. So every super cool pedal is kind of based on, um, you know, an element of my life that was really important to me. Um, and the, the earliest ones were, you know, 
you know, drugs and, and booze and, and cigarettes and, and this and that, which, you know, are all vices. But then I, I actually started getting a lot of, not a lot of, but a little bit of criticism for being, you know, that guy. And, Promoting and the certain, vices. Yeah, and I'm certainly not trying to glamorize, you know, camel cigarettes or, or old English 40s or anything like that. Um, because Those to me, these were, were like... the days. <laughs> exactly. I, you know. And I... And I uh, I, I wanted to, with the Thneed, the Thneed takes a lot of iconography and imagery from, well, if not the iconography and imagery from Dr. Seuss's The Lorax. Yeah. Um, because Dr. Seuss was a huge influence on me, uh, you know, from when I was a child and not just for, you know, the funny picture book stories, but just as an artist, Theodore Geisel was just uh, so original and really just, I always identified with... Um, this sort of cartoony look that he had, and he did really serious art. And if and if if anyone listening here is, you know, if your only experience with Dr. Seuss is the Lorax or the, you know, the cat came back or something like that, go look at some of of his art, and it's absolutely stunning. Um, so as a dad, I've literally read every single one. In fact, I even have the uh, the deep, big, giant, thick. Uh, coffee table one that has all the war all stuff of them. Yeah, that like, was mm. never published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he was a fascinating human, and he really, he really put his heart into the work. Um, and it's something that I really identified with. So, like, at, Dr. Seuss was always a vice of mine. So I wanted to kind of honor that with a pedal. Um, so I, when I was thinking first, you know, designing the Thneed and working through all the Clon. Uh, the circuit and talk and thinking about like what the heck do I call this pedal because it's all all the clones have clever mythology names to them right the centaur the you know dragon whatever it is uh and I figured I mean the original the working title of that pedal is actually the Lorax um because I thought I thought it was perfect it's a mythological creature um but I thought it was just a little too on the nose and frankly I thought it might get me in a little bit more trouble so uh, I, I opted for the Thneed because, again, the Thneed is just – I've always loved the concept of the Thneed and the story within the Lorax about, like, everyone needs a Thneed, right? Yeah. Everyone needs a Clon. It's just – it kind of fell together, and uh, I tried to honor that, and uh, uh, hopefully I don't get myself into too much hot water when it comes to uh, the uh, the – you know, the copyright infringement and this Tony and that. Tony mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I wonder if he's got any letters yet. Well, I haven't yet, in Canada, it doesn't count. Uh, uh, frankly, so it's, that's what it's, they do. They're like, yeah, it's from Canada. Nobody's going to see it. It's kind of my goal at this point. I'm waiting. Like, I'm literally just waiting. And uh, I've got backup plans for that. But as as to, to wax prophetic a little bit, like, I, I think it's, it's fair use to me. And I'm certainly, all of my pedals are based around you know imagery that i really hold close and, and dear for whatever reason but um i'm certainly not trying to profit off of a gimmick or anything like that to me i'm just trying to honor um you know some images and i've i've had an overwhelming amount of you know customers and 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 guitarists reach out to me just be like dude i love this pedal because you know my dad smoked camel cigarettes back in the day or like i read this you know i read the lorax to my kid every night and it speaks to people and i think that's where I, I'm really, really humbled and happy to where I fit into kind of the, the, the pedal world right now is mm -hmm. I, I, th I like to think of pedals as object d'art and, and, and as, as more than just getting a sound out of it. It's something, um, 
there is validity behind coveting these things, absolutely, whether it's, you know, historical or whether it just hits a feeling within you. And you like looking at that and it makes you, you know, remember, you know, something from the past or, or what it is. And um, I'm, art has always been a really big part of my life. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm helping to kind of contribute to the zeitgeist of the pedal world. Me and you just need to go sit at some outdoor coffee shop for like an entire day and talk because you, you're you're hitting all so many things that you know we've talked about through the show that like ring true for me starting with Queens Stone Age, uh, the art being a creative, the Lorax, the finding finding muse in in and uh, in the presentation of everything. Um, I I really like where you're coming from because I I feel akin to it. I appreciate it, man. Totally. So uh, now you've got you've got this revolutionary, dare I say, uh, approach to the clon. You also have something that everybody is like, Doctor Seuss. What's not to like about Doctor Seuss? <laughs> and then there's this other little thing which happened, uh, you know, earlier on this year, uh, where I believe it was this year. It wasn't last year, right? The the big fires up there in Canada. That was just this. That was this year. Yeah. This year. Yeah, it was this year. So uh, it's hard. Tell us about the connection there. Yeah. So th obviously, the the core element of the of the th of the Lorax is has always been an environmental message, and uh -huh. it's something that in the past few years we've just it's been unignorable. Um, climate change or, or you know climate science, whatever you want to call it, is it's affecting the whole world. It's you know Australia has been burning down, and we had these. Hor horrific wildfires in both the west and the east eastern part of Canada that just tore through and um it's it, it kind of I don't want to say it lined up because I'm not certainly not trying to profiteer from any of it but just kind of that message echoed through uh when I when I built the started building and designing the need um so I uh I started incorporating um an optional donation. If you buy a need through Super Cool Pedals, the website, um, there's an optional donation, and those donations goes towards planting and regrowing trees in uh, in Canada that were lost or due to those wildfires. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I, I mean, I've always been a bit of a hippie when it comes to this, um, but I think the time of the hippie's gone. I think it's something that should be really important to every single one of us, and uh, I try and keep it, you know, kind of centered because. You know, as building, there's a difference between just building a product and making money off it and trying to um, kind of evoke a, a lesson from it. Um, and that's something that I, I hope that the need kind of sparks in people um, to just kind of look around and, and see what's going on in the world. And, and hopefully we can, you know, hopefully I, I can make a bit, a tiny positive impact with, with the need. So that uh, charity, uh, can you relay that right now? So the charity itself is called Tree Canada, uh, which helps to, you know, grow and, and sustain growth of, of forests in Canada, whether it's from the loss of of trees due to, due to forest fires or whether it's it's new growth. And uh, yeah, it's super important. If you don't want to buy a need, they're definitely a charity that's worth supporting one way or another. Got it. And that's treescanada.ca. Yeah, that's the one. All right. Uh, a worthy... Uh... A worthy um, receiver of funds right now, for sure. Uh, well, um, that's that's a lot to a uh, lot to pack into a single pedal. I mean, that's yeah. Sorry, that was 
That was heavy. That was, I feel like that was a heavy uh, <laughs> roundabout at the end. Well, of I, I mean, it, you know, the, the funny thing is that, you know, I don't know that, that kids necessarily are aware of those messages when they're, you know, when they're being told. That's kind of the beauty of it is that it's so not overt, but somehow you retain that. Um, but as parents, man, it like really hits you. Like when you're and you start reading all these stories again, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this guy dude, had the had dude. Have, the, have, oh. have you read the Lorax recently? It sounds condescending, but like it's funny. Like I've read it over and over again uh, since I started working on the Thne, just kind of as like a uh-huh. mantra. And it's it's just wild. It's just wild how important it is to just kind of keep that stuff in the back of our mind and just not even just from an environmental standpoint, but just like the responsibility we have as creators, as as humans, right? Yeah. I mean, he was tackled. He tackled racism. He tackled political, you know, bullying, and and I mean, it was pretty remarkable. Um, so that's, there you go. Are you going to continue the line of the, this, uh, Seuss type stuff or, or is this a well, one and he, done? He does have the buffula. Yeah. So f- funny enough, I guess this is good, a, a good of a time as any, uh, I've never officially released it, but, uh, the buffula is, uh, a new pedal that I just dropped like a week ago, kind of in secret. Um, I've had it ready for a while, but essentially it's, it's just the buffer section of the clone. Um, because as I sort of mentioned earlier, like I never, I, I try not to subscribe to too much pedal mythology. Um, I, I try and wade through it and, and make sense of, of, you know, what it is and to each his own. But one thing that I really loved about, uh, you know, building the Thneed is just the buffer. I just realized how important that was to my my board and how it just maintained the clarity so i just wanted to build a little companion pedal to that um and uh my i selfishly i built it so that i could have my my thneed at the beginning of my chain uh as a buffer and then the buffula is just a self-contained no knob no button uh just clawn buffer um so that i could put it at the end um, so there's that little guy and it's just a little truffula tree. It's a little bit, a little <laughs> simple mini version of the Thneed. So I've got that, uh, for sale as well. Um, and I've tried to price it as affordably as, as possible because my, my short pitch, I've, I've worked in sales for, you know, the better part of a decade. And my short pitch on the Buffula is, do you have a buffer? If the answer is no, just buy this and just put it on your board. That's it. It's nothing to overthink, but you, you'd be surprised at how, uh, how much a, uh, a buffer at the end of your chain can just make a difference, whether you think it matters or not. Uh, tell us about that difference real quick. Cause there's a lot of people that don't, that don't do that and maybe don't, you know, don't know about it. Yeah. And again, erring on the side of, of trying not to buy into the own, my own mythology about it. It's uh, a, bu- a buffer will really help uh, treble roll off. Like you'd be really surprised at how quickly true buffer bipedals will, uh, tr- sorry, true bypass pedals. Uh, we'll start sucking away your your treble and low end and just um, your signal will just slowly get quieter and degrade. And the first thing that happens when your signal get quieter gets quieter is that treble loss. So essentially, um, it it maintains the the strength. So by putting a buffer in the end of your chain, it helps to sort of um, improve the impedance beforehand and and afterwards to kind of 
pull through and think of it as water. It's kind of like putting more pressure on the water that's before it so that you're maintaining that signal strength. It's like um, a big so, guy in the water slide coming in behind you. Yeah, exactly. It's important to kind of keep that signal nice and strong, and that's what a buffer can uh, can do. So yeah, and yeah. it's especially useful for long cable runs. Uh, yeah. That 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 really helps preserve the high end. Now the only the only comment I had on that is, and this is just from a setup that I used to use that had a a, a dual output, uh, so I could split between two amps. Um, right. Is would there is there an option to to do a basically a, a dual buffer version? Uh, so it's, I mean, the one that I've done is a mono. Um, I've basically build pedals based on what I want on my board. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it started as a, a cheap hobby and now it's a very expensive uh, business instead. <laughs> um, so that particular instance hasn't popped up for me. Um, but I've, I've looked into it. Uh, you might see that come out in 2024 because I do think that it's, um, it'd be a pretty good option to have. Uh, but no, the Buffalo is just a mono, yeah. just dead simple, dirt cheap piece for, for the way it is. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, at, the, at that price point, yeah. It's it, But I, I just thought that would be kind of a cool option to have because more and more people are playing with multiple amps now. Um, even our friend Todd here was in the recording room yeah. likes to, to split off between a couple like of different that. amps. What, so. a, what, what are you pairing right now? Well, in the last EP that we put together, um, I ran my or, uh, Marshall Origin 50 and also a maxed out um, Fender Bassmaster. Ooh, so and you got a, like the so you got your mid range coming through that Marshall, I guess, and then the the nice scooped sound out of your Fender. Uh, it was, I well, I think the thing that we got out of the Fender was that sound of pure amp just goosing. Um, and not necessarily mm. compression that's coming from pedals and stuff like that. Um, and as far as the EQ, I mean, I, I, I don't know that there was a, a ton of difference in EQ, to be honest. But um, I was also, that when I was hearing it, it was going through a whole bunch of stuff that John had up going through the board. So, sure. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. And then, and then uh, on the next one, I've got this fun little film sound amp from uh hello sailor that we just uh, have been talking about hello sailor efforts. hello sailor hello. hey joe wherever you are out there in the world sailing around um <laughs> and that is in in line with you know uh the, the 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 explosion of the tiny little throwaway amps that josh Hami was using um, yeah, this is the PV. You, you you goose this thing, and it sounds fantastic. I mean, I really like the sound of this. So pairing that with the uh, with my uh, Origin Fifty, I think it's going to be a real cool thing to do. That's sick. Well, at the at the risk of uh, self promoting too much, uh, I actually I would love to send you one of the seventy seven fuzz blenders, um, seeing as you've we've kind of connected on the Queens of the Stone Age thing. Cause that pedal I basically designed to, I to literally get. had that up just looking at it. Right yeah. Now, so. Yeah. So it is basically, uh, not to go on too much of a tangent, but the big muff is an awesome pedal that sucks when you try and play it with a band. Yes. Uh, and I always found that it's like, I fell in love with a big muff in a guitar shop and it was like, cool. I'm getting that Jack white sound when it's just guitars and drums. It sounds great. But as soon as you, try and play it in a band like you just get lost there's no mid-range and it took me years to figure out that that's what's happening so um 
And that Queens of the like the definitive guitar tone to me is that Josh Ohm songs for the deaf mid range heavy sound that he. I still to this day I think it's more about miking in that room than it was about that little fifty watt or whatever it was like PV amp. Um, but I started modifying the uh, like uh, the op amp big muff circuit um, into basically just trying to get as mid heavy as possible with with a with a different type of tone stack. Yeah, and I just kind of stumbled on it and I went, no, this is the sound like this is the sound that I've been looking for for like decades and I could never find it in just one pedal. I could always find it in sort of complex chains. Um, but I'm going to, dude, I'm going to send you one of those 77 fuzz blenders. Cause I think you'll, uh, I think you'll find it there. The mid boost, uh, mode on it is like just Josh Ohm in a box. And I've, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of that one. I'll send you one. That's, that's dope, man. I appreciate that. That sounds really cool. Um, and it, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the nice thing is there is a great range of pedals that, that you can get into that are that are all really kind of around the, the more more of the drive uh, sections of things. And I appreciate that you've said, hey, here's something that that we like, but here's a, here's just a tweak on it to, to make it, you know, just that much more different or even more usable um, to your point, because I can't use muff. I'm, no. I'm just, Not to your point, it just gets lost. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a single guitar player, so I need uh, the, uh, I am married. Yeah, Tony's like, you're married. <laughs> um, but I can't, I can't just sit back and let it just be this big warm wash of stuff because there's no definition. I already got a bass player. He's doing that, you know, so um, I, I'm very interested to see what that could do. That's, that's super cool. Uh, no, yes, it's it actually is. a super <laughs> <cool>. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and back in the day, brain. I had a pocket full of those, just saying. Uh, <laughs> so anyhow, <sighs> well, this has been super fun times, huh? Super yeah. fun. Gentlemen. Super yeah. fun. Gentlemen. Yeah. Um, super cool yeah, times. Yeah, super cool times. Uh, it's not as effective the second I, I time. I dig it. I on. dig it. We're very interested to know what comes out next beyond this. Um, obviously, you've had a very big year with uh, the Thneed, and then also I'm sure everybody going, wait, what are all these other pedals? Yeah. So uh, please keep us posted on things that are uh, that are you're developing and and that you um, want to want to get out in front of everybody. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to. Now that I've got the move over, I've got a, a bunch of prototypes that I'm I'm looking at and. Uh, there's going to be something coming out before 2024 that I'm really excited about. And I'll tell you what, I'll, uh, wow. I'll, I'll keep you guys in the loop. I'll send you something as, as soon as I can. And we'll, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about it more. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and if you need help moving anything more, Jared, uh, is, is really good about that. So he'll drive up and give you a hand. Um, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of Jared, uh, Jared, we got a few things we can, we need to do a, a super fun thing here. Yeah, that's right. This this uh, time of the show, I can't He's spit it out. Doing calisthenics <laughs> sounds really stressed <laughs> out, <laughs> exhausted. Uh, a lot of shots of Knob Creek smoked maple maple uh, whiskey. Uh -huh. Really good. Uh, anyway, he, he may be in an, an, he, he in was, an inversion chair. <laughs> he was stuck in sun salutation for for too He's, long. Uh, I think reporting from the floor over here. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's come to the part of the show where we like to play a little game called Would You Rather? 
I, I, sorry, what was that? One more time. You walking? <laughs> uh, so, you're walking down the street. All of us are, and a big van snatches us up. Take us, and they take us to Lutheran school for about four years. <laughs> And we all learn how to build guitars. We stumble across, all of us stumble, we stumble across an opportunity to build a guitar for one of two artists. You could either do Noel Gallagher or build a guitar for David Gilmore. But, you know, you can use any finish you want. You can add in sparkle. You can use whatever hardware you'd like, any tuners you'd like. However... The styles you you only have one style per artist that you, you have to so you got to choose the artist per style of guitar. If, if, you know, so like if if you're going to build a guitar for Noel, it would have to be the upside down V. Or if you wanted to build a guitar for David Gilmore, it would have to be that crazy bottom half would be the V, and the top half would be Telly style body so would you rather build the upside down v for noel gallagher or the telly half telly half v for uh david gilmore isn't an upside down v still a v no if it's sideways no it's upside down is the the horn's Point towards the neck. Oh, it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, it was the inverse. I thought you just meant like a V sideways and turning it. No, 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 no. It's it was. I think not horizontally. It it was a limited edition run that that Gibson did. Yeah, I think it was called an inverted V or something like that. Awful. Yeah. Yes. The awful. (laughs) That's the point. So I mean, you have to choose the. So what's the the difference between so then so then the one you got to build for David is is just a V, but it's got a tiny little. No, it's got a telly. It's a combination of a telly and then a telly with like telly with a V body. Yes. Is it still an inverted V or is it just a regular V? It's a regular V, but but it just looks utterly ridiculous. It has a telly uh, lower horn and. Uh, upper horn too, so the area near the neck looks like a telly, but then it oh, trails that, off to horrible. a V shaped. Yeah, they're both okay, horrible. It's, it's both can't horrible. be real, it, it, but like so no, wise you can do whatever you they're want both real. here or what? You have to do either or body style for either artist. So you have to choose which body style, or you have to choose which artist you're going to build for. But it has to be the ridiculous body style. Okay. I think we so if it's for Gilmore, it's it's the Telly V. If it's the yeah. Noel Gallagher, it's the upside down V. Correct. And then right. and then you can make it whatever color and do all the stuff you want. Yeah, anything you want beyond that, it just has to okay. be a ridiculous. Now, now, if when you present this to those are either artists, do they have to play it? <laughs> yes, they have to like it. They yeah. have to like they, it. Well, well, that's I, I think that's that ship sailed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Well, so I have. Like, do you which have to artist do I want to ban? Like, which artist am I willing to get a restraining order from? Basically, <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Okay. I think we got the picture. Uh, we're let's go. So let's start off with the lovely and um, bedraggled Tanya Bolonsky. My man. Hmm. I I just have a severe aversion to the inverted V. 
I mean, that's uh, it's really as, the worst guitar. As, as many of. good things as Gibson has done over the years, <laughs> that one set them back about twenty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that you could make <laughs> Noel like that particular guitar, no matter what you did to it. Um, other than paint. Okay. With a, so what color are you doing for Gilmore? What do you, so I, I'm going to do, this is kind of fun. Um, I'm going to do a Sid Barrett with the mirrors. Okay. That's uh, cool. That, uh, that he, that I, I think that David might've absconded with when Sid whacked out. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. It's going to be a Pink Floydy, uh, Sid Barrett tribute. Yes. Telly V. Okay, I can dig that. Uh, Rob, how about yourself? All right. Um, I'm going to build the uh, the backwards V thing for <laughs> Noel. Okay. Um, because I don't want to insult Mr. Gilmore. And quite frankly, Noel, it's like, well, he's going to be pissed off at something anyway. So, yes. you know, whatever. Um, and the finish. Tell uh, him it was a, a gift from Liam. Yeah, there you go. Um, and the finish, I figure as long as we're pissing him off, let's do something that he definitely won't like. So let's do like hot rod flames on it. Okay. Or an American. Ah. Just make it absolutely <laughs> an American flag. Yes. Oh, oh, that would be even better. <laughs> Good call. Uh, terrible. Terrible. Okay. Uh, I think we might have stole some of John's thunder there, oh, but go sorry. ahead, John. Aww. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was pretty much what I was going to say is do the knoll with the American flag just to piss him off. So <laughs> no? appreciate that, guys. Yeah, nice. That was, it in. that was a really good idea, John. It was. It was. Maybe we could like clap it and cut me so that I'm for. Hey, guys, you know what would be great is if we did Noel Gallagher with an American flag. Now just put that before, you know, Tony and Rob yeah. let it out of the bag. Hmm. Maybe you could do it with a, an Italian flag or a Japanese flag. What are you going to do? A Scottish flag? Is there another, like, is it, would one of the other UK you know principalities what would, piss you him off You know what more? would make him like... Like an Irish flag or no, something? No, the thing that would... No, that they're would actually get, Irish heritage. Oh, well. He would really like the, uh, the powder blue Manchester... Uh, is it Manchester City that he likes? Yeah, Man yeah, City. Man City. Yeah. Those colors. Then no. he would. He might actually play it. He might. But if he, if if you, <laughs> uh, if you did Manchester United, oh, <laughs> that, that would now, be the that royal be, kiss of death. That would be worse than the American flag. Yeah. Yeah. There, that aren't they, that aren't they like red and gold? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll do that. That's even we'll better. Do that. Good choice. Yeah. I'm glad we talked through this. And just this. purely for the comedic effect of watching Noel Gallagher melt down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Jared, how about yourself? Yeah, definitely not going to mess with uh, our guy, David Gilmore. I, I appreciate uh, Noel and his band that he was in and great great group and everything but pink floyd you know i, I wouldn't mess with them so yeah definitely do the upside down v for noel and i think i would have um can, can our I guy guess? from i would have champion lecky draw a bunch of like the underwear and all of his <laughs> awesome <work. laughs> see I, I was gonna guess I I love sparkle, stuff, man. sparkle purple but guess right. not 
that would look too good. So yeah, um, <laughs> but I, I I guess we could do sparkle purple with the underwear all over underwear over the sparkle purple. That'll be do. really ugly. I like. I gotta it. have I gotta have my our guy uh, painting that stuff on I, there. I he, feel like I love Wooly him. has actually released petals that are sparkle purple with the underwear all over it. I like. Yeah, you could probably exactly. very easily find a matching petal to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see here. Jamie, how about yourself? Shout out to Wooly. Yeah. Uh, well, to me, it comes down uh, less to the guitars and more so who I would uh, rather get beaten up by. Because I think, frankly, giving off either of those options to those uh, to them will, will just be triggering to them. Um, so that being said, I think Noel Gallagher, I don't think he could... Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure I could take him down. I don't think he could throw a punch. I think he's all power. Uh, and I think David Gilmore could probably take you down with like just lasers in his eyes. If yes. I, I do not want to be on the room with that man presenting him that atrocity of a guitar. So I think I'd probably do the, uh, yeah, the inverted V and I'd build it uh, to Noel Gallagher and I'd, and I'd build it out of the like heaviest tropical wood possible um, <laughs> just to like, just to further tick him off. Those guitars are already not light as they is. So Brick. I think I'd give them to them. And uh, just to top it off, I think I'd, uh, I'd give it no pickups, just like a really <laughs> low impedance piezo and uh, wow. give it like a soaked tea finish of some kind. Like Where did the Earl love go Grey. for our guy, man? Yeah. Oh, I, I love him, but I yeah. just, I, I kind of feel like I, at this point, I'm just fantasizing about like just yeah. ticking him off That's and just, uh, yeah. just kind of pulling, pulling the string on the windup to the Gallagher's and just watching him prattle on. <laughs> well, awesome. How about you, Toddley? I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the inverted V. Mm-hmm. The upside down V, and it will be uh, a small, like a wallpaper style, repeated uh, pattern of Liam's face. With ESP pickups, oh, three of them. Nice, three of them. Maybe go for four. Four of them. <laughs> and yes. a piezo. Yes. And on the back side, I would, on the back side, maybe I would just put um, repeating hot dogs. Yeah. For whatever reason, that's calling okay. out to me. Just, huh. just flying yeah. hot dogs. And can I assume back. this is going to be a, a three-quarter scale guitar? <laughs> uh, no, no, it'll it'll be it'll, it'll be, be full size. I, I'm not going to compare it to double size. And, and like, <laughs> honestly, it's it's like one of those things. Like, I I I think the idea of having him just be so completely blustered and and you know berating you. You know, you don't want him to go like, "Hey, how you doing? Hope you have a nice day." You want him to say. What the, you know, and just blurt out, just to barrage you with a bunch of a stuff, message. And, yeah. and just hammer you with this. That, that that feels like that's that's the that's that would be fantastic. Hmm. I like that. That's a good one, Jared. Thank you. Not too shabby. All right, we have a few people to thank, and then we're going to say goodbye to our good friend Jamie. That's right, Todd. Because at this point of the show, there's a special group of people that we love to thank. These are our executive producers. Now, an executive producer makes this show possible. How do you become one? You head over to 
patreon.com. That's right. Forward slash the guitar knobs and check out a couple different levels in which you can participate and become a sponsor, a patron, a hero, an all around yep. nice person yes. of the podcast. That's so. Yeah. Each level comes with some very, very nice thank you gifts and opportunities to win special giveaways. Mm-hmm. So I'm told. Yes. In addition, as an executive producer, there's one thing more in addition to all of the good stuff. That's right. Jared, what would that be? Well, you get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. That's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D., Richard Kendall, James White, Mutander Guitars, Anthony Gemolero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, a.k.a. Rare Bzzz Effects, Mm -hmm. Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Barazin, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hammer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, and Christopher Logan. Yes, indeed. But Thank you so Todd, much. Todd, yep. yes. Todd, yes. there's 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 another very very special group of people. Is there more? There's more. These are our grand <laughs> poobas. Yes. Now. The pubas, of course, the grandest of pubas, get a fez to wear upon their head whilst listening to the podcast. And at the same time. That is correct. So special, 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 special thanks to these grand pubas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wham Pickups. That's right. Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines. LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. 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 David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos. Paul Von Eppinger, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, Matt Hart, Enrico Fernando, and Moon Guitar. That is correct. Thank you, one and all. You truly keep the wheels spinning on this show, and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. That is correct. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we need to do a great big thank you to Jamie of Super Cool Pedals for being on our show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's thank you, everyone. It's been a blast. Um, you are welcome back anytime, and we hope to hear from you uh, as things are rolling along for you. Jamie, where can people go to get these super cool pedals? Yeah, so you can go to, uh, thanks again for having me on. You can go to supercoolpedals.com or .ca if you're a Canuck like me, uh, or instagram at uh super cool pedals or tiktok like the youngins like to do i like to put some silly stuff up there as well <laughs> awesome uh tony 
Yes, Todd, you can head over to PickGuardian.com and check out some of the things that I do. What I do, I do custom work. I'm That's doing right. a special job for Todd. That and we'll be talking about next week. We're going to talk about it in depth, in detail. Yes. Yep. PickGuardian.com, shoot me an email. Let me know what you, de- what you need, what you're trying to do, and I will take good care of you. Perfect. Rob. Mad Cow Amplification, Instagram, Facebook. I won't say the other. Yep. And uh, what can people do there? Why would they go there? Uh, they'll go see what I'm doing. I'm fixing and fixing other people's mistakes a lot, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you're, you're very tolerant of that, too. And repair. The great thing, yeah. and, and people think I, like, I, I hate that other people are working on amps. No, it's keeping me in business. It's yeah. fantastic. Please take it to your buddy that has a soldering iron. Yeah. And then bring it to <laughs> and, me. And, and contrary to popular belief, it is not an animal husbandry site. Is that correct? No. No, it's not. Yes. No. <laughs> okay. Um, just one thing that I, I thought we could do, by the way, uh, I just had this great idea just now, uh, earlier today. Uh, I, I think we should put one of those tallies, like, yeah, uh, as we start the year, you know how, like, a lot of jobs will have, like, how many days of work has it been since somebody got hurt? <laughs> and we can make how many Fender Hot Rods you've worked on Ooh, thus far God. that this next <laughs> year. year? Yeah, okay. we're doing it. That's happening. I only post, like, one out of every 20 that cross uh, the bench. That's what I'm so. saying. Okay. Okay. John? So uh, you can find us at rarebuzzer, B-U-Z-Z-E-R dot com, at rarebuzzer everywhere on social media. We've got a slew of new designs coming out next year, so kind of keep an eye on that. I know it's been quiet here lately, but uh, lots of stuff in the works, so keep an eye out. Go ahead, Jared. And you can find me on Instagram, uh, jared.brandon. Nope, that's not it. Jared.allen.brandon. <laughs> Send me a message. <laughs> And uh, hey, love to chat with you about whatever you want. Sounds good. You can send me an email, Todd at the guitarnobs.com. You can DM me at guitarnobs on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. If you uh, really hated that, would you rather? Then do better. Send us one. How the about challenge? That? How about what? Guitarnobs challenge. Uh, also, uh, I would say if you're a builder, if you're trying to get your brand out, if you're trying to go like, hey, uh, I wish some people could see this. Um, as we send out patron packages and rewards, I would love to put your swag in the packages yeah. that we send out. So contact me. Um, I'm more than happy to do that for you. Okay. Uh, and also go and listen to Valentino's on Spotify. My yes. band, we would love to get your numbers <laughs> and it's cool to drive to. What I about if I have a stomper? If you have an HX stomp and you're afraid of those teeny tiny knobs about stepping on them and ruining it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Protect your knobs. Go get a stomper. Go to flinteffects.com. I think that's all the shilling I can do right now. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, we we love you guys out there. And we're so thankful that you're listening and uh, sharing our little guitar universe with us. Uh, Big giant thanks to Jamie one more time. And have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe! Yes! yes. Thanks, everyone. Check. Test. Check. Test. Check. Test. Test. He doesn't Test. say check. Tony, Jared how long Brandon. have you been doing Jared this Brandon. Jared oh, Brandon. Why are you so mean to me, Todd? <laughs> you guys suck. There you go. I-
like yeah. that segue. Why do you give so much information on Jared, but nothing about the rest of us? Well, because I was waiting for you guys to do it. Okay. But you didn't. I didn't. No. Yeah. Tony, what to do you do? with themselves. That's why we're all here. Nothing, apparently. Okay. Hey, hey Jared, if you have any potato <laughs> chips, Todd would appreciate right you eating those right about now. Yeah, eat the potato right. chips before the podcast. Or during. Okay. a good ASMR to lead us in. Yes. Right. <laughs> or gummy bears. Slosh some gummy bears in, in the mouth. It almost looks like um, like a tornado lamp, uh, like you know, like hurricane a, lamp. Hurricane. I was close. <laughs> a <laughs> a hurricane, storm. A hurricane lamp. Uh, you know, like the. It was uh, like a tsunami the, lamp. The, 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 uh, all right. It's really, really, really good. Jamie, what did you uh, have for breakfast this morning? Jesus, uh, uh, two macadamia nut cookies. Ooh, Ooh my. yeah, those are well good. done, yeah. sir. Yeah. Play. Guess I was told food. not to bring <laughs> snacks. It has been made crystal clear. There are no snacks on the podcast. We yes. even made t-shirts. I do remember the t-shirt. Use your yeah. words. <laughs> um, this, this, that was his word for that. Fire bad. Got a lot of people on the podcast, old chum. Woo. That's Thanks, it. Boys. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's always, um, uh, it's something every time. Yeah. <laughs> point in time you got to use a john you need to get something to drink you got to let the dog out whatever can we talk about that let phrase can we not use that phrase what what let the dogs out no it's it's using the john. John. Because john has it's an aversion a, to being it, called a toilet it's offensive mm. to john's <laughs> bottled sparkling water that's right yeah we got soda water on tap no that's not the same thing <laughs> at all <laughs> okay, let, let's get going, guys. We've got a lot to Let's discuss. do it. I've been waiting. I Come know. on. I've been waiting for a girl like you. Waiting for a How would you like it if it was using the Todd? Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah but it would have all bottled water to use. To yes, it only flushes with bottled water. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's okay. going to the Todd. Guilty is charged in a restaurant. <laughs> If somebody look that up. Tony, you look it up. No, I'm 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 not I'm I'm not your boy this day. I Bless. swear I came here for a podcast. Or anything. Let's do this thing. And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.